Welcome to the Women of YouTube podcast. This podcast is hosted by me, Desiree Martins. Every week, I'm going to be showing up in your earbuds to inspire you on your YouTube journey with killer interviews with women YouTube creators, deep dives into the inner workings of how YouTube works, and discussing all the things about YouTube culture and the impact it is having on our world. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with vidIQ, where they help you maximize your videos to YouTube reach by studying titles, descriptions, tags, and playlists relevant to your subject matter, while also studying your competitors to help you know exactly what you should be doing for your YouTube growth. So if you're a female creator looking to grow your channel, level up your content, and learn from the best women creators on the platform to get you on your way to YouTube success and future-proofing your income, this is the perfect place for you. Let's do this. I am so excited to talk to you today, Melissa, because you have all of the knowledge and an amazing journey that we all need. And I so can't wait to talk to you about it. <laughs> I'm so excited to be here. It's just, yeah, such a treat. Yeah. And like as a preface to those that are listening, if I didn't mention it in the introduction, Melissa is rocking her best mom life. And she is like, we wanted her on this podcast so much that it was more important to us that we talk to her than like have a perfect acoustic situation. So she's coming to us live from every mother's favorite place, Panera. So, yes. <laughs> so yep. we're here for it. Yeah. So, okay, between kids pick up and all that. Right. Like I said, kids, I, I literally, this was, this is how this podcast got set for me. I dropped my kid off to school. I drove as fast as I could, as safely as possible on my ice covered roads to get here, throw on makeup, and and, and let you into the, <laughs> the streamer thing. So yeah. I totally get that. Yes. All right, we start the same every time, Melissa. Why video? Okay, so um, I actually have an interesting story that um, kind of video chose me. And how that started was I lost my job during COVID, and I was um, ended up working in childcare. And I would go and drop my kids off at one end of the building and then have to go look after other people's kids. And I was not doing like anything really with like social media or anything at the time, obviously. Um, that just wasn't even in my world. And I was really in this place, though, being like, man, this is not the dream. I do not want to be working in childcare. Um, I feel like you either as a mom want to be at home with your kids, right? Like looking after them, doing that stay at home mom thing, or you want to have like a thriving career. Um, and be able to have really great care for them and still get to see them and do that whole thing. So I was just praying one day and I was like, man, God, like what, like, what's the next step? Seriously, like I need a good job. And um, I just for the longest time was applying for job after job. And it was all these qualifications like administrative skills. I was like, nope, not great at that. Computer skills. Nope, not great at that. You know, just unqualified, unqualified, unqualified. And then in January of 2021, and that went on for months. So if anybody right now, just like side note, is going through a scary transition where you don't know the next step or you're finding yourself in a place that you didn't expect, it's really scary and really challenging. And I just want you to know I empathize with you and I'm so with you in those times and in those transitions. Um, but in January of 2021 just out of the blue, I felt God start speaking to me. I'm a Christian, if you couldn't tell, but I felt God start speaking to me about going on social media and posting videos. 
it was so random. Like I, it would, it would, and how like that looks. Cause people are like, how does, you know, you feel like God speaks to you. It'd be things like me praying one night being like, God, like, what should I do? And someone would call me and be like, you should start a YouTube channel. And I'm like, what? And then I like watched this movie and it was all about this girl that was working a job she didn't like. And then she started going online and posting her story and just the whole, everything just was like, so I talked to my husband about it and I was like, I feel like I'm supposed to go on social media and post videos. So we prayed, God, if this is something most you should give her time to make it clear. Five days later, I randomly uploaded this video. It was the first video I had on my phone onto an app I had only just kind of heard of called TikTok because I knew it was a video app. And I uploaded this video of my kids sledding. The next morning I woke up and that video generated 22 million views. And a week later, the Kelly Clarkson show reached out to me, asked me to appear on the show for two segments. Yes. And so I was like, okay, I feel like I'm supposed to figure out video. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And so I- Video expert now. (laughs) Yes. So I literally- this is like mom life to a T, but I literally started posting videos in my car on my lunch break while working that full-time job, grew my account to over 190,000 followers at the end of that year, just by posting videos in my car, um, just about motherhood and stuff like that. And so I love content creation. I love video. I love showing up online. I think it's such an amazing way to get people to know, like, and trust you. And also for women to unleash their voice and really find and discover their value and confidence. That is just like this insanely amazing, cool story. Okay. So what was it about your video content that the Kelly Clarkson producers were like, we need her. What was it that you had done? To make okay. That I'm going to be totally, tra- it was, there was nothing great about the editing because I didn't know how to make a TikTok. I think I put like a couple like texts on the screen, but I'll tell you what it was. It was a mom fail video. Okay. Yeah. It was a mom fail video where the kids went sledding and they went down a hill really fast. Some of you might even have seen it and the sled turned started, and it looked like it started going down the road. What was amazing about it though, was the authenticity of it and that it wasn't edited and it wasn't polished and it wasn't overly curated. It was authentic. And I think as well, that was the key to my growth on the platform. I think that that is so dang cool. And I love that the raw, real authenticity of like just normal mom stuff, Uh like was what did it like, (laughs) One of the things I think that we have gotten in a really bad space about, I don't know, maybe it's a little polarizing. It's either one or the other. It's like, it's got to be a certain way. Like it's picture perfect. Let me move all of the dirty laundry and messy out of the way to like record or take this picture of this perfect situation of life. And then there's this other side of it. That's like, show the mess, be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. be the real use. And like, I was just at the creator economy live and it was, it was last week's podcast. And I, I talked about how, like, what is winning on TikTok is authenticity and, like, yeah. raw, dirty, like, not nicely created content because yes. that's what's building trust with viewers. Yes, absolutely. That literally is it. And it's so funny because, it, to be honest, the trends, like, really before TikTok had this explosion, it was curate your content. Hey, how overly 
polished and perfect, picture perfect, can you get your content? And unless you had content like that, you really weren't valued. And now we've completely pendulum swung where people are so done with like the fake, like people know it's not real. People know that's not real life. And they're like, we just want the connection. You know what I mean? I, I think that it, it's so funny that you say too, because I have a brand that I work with with, our, with my agency and they are in high fashion and their whole thing is like, it has to look a certain way. And I'm like, but that's just not what works. And mm-hmm. like, they are like a 125 year old company. So like this was, this has been deep, deep reprogramming and we're still not anywhere near where we want to get to yet, but mm-hmm. it's just one of those things. It's like people want to like know and see a product or a person or a brand that's just like, I get it. I relate to it. I understand it. And I think that's, that's what I love so much about what TikTok is giving is it's all of that. That's so accurate and so right. And I think especially for brands like, okay, so it's a high fashion company and that is their brand. They are high fashion, but people want to see the process. And I think people want to see what's behind the scenes and people want to know, can I relate to you and is this speaking as can do I see myself in this story um, and so that's the content that really is um, attractive for people right now it's just it's just so interesting to me how like far we've come from like a brand from like a content and social media because like social media like isn't all that old and no, I know that like it's kind of cliche but Look, when I tell when people ask me, how long have you been doing this? And I'm like, oh, I've been doing this for 14 years. And it's a long time in the world of social media. Like I might as well be saying like, yeah, I've been you doing were- this. I've been doing this for 30. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. it probably feels that way sometimes. It, it really, really does. Like it's all, it's a whole, it's a whole journey for sure. Mm-hmm. So, but I just think it's, it's so interesting, like where we are and how we're doing things from a, from a perspective. And it's like, it used to be you post and you got attention and that was what worked. And now there's all of this like mental creator gymnastics that has to happen to be effective. Well, you, Melissa have found a way to position yourself as like this TikTok expert. So what do you think if if someone who, for our listeners who are either on the creating process they're just trying to figure out what to do to get better. Or they're like, I want to figure out this TikTok because I, maybe I'm doing YouTube or Instagram mm. or something. Like, what is it that they need to know? Like, what are your three tips that help creators? I may be more of like, an, like a, a mid-level place versus like getting started kind of place. Okay. So one of the biggest things, um, I remember when I was posting on TikTok and it was when I was first starting. And so I like had gotten like the editing down, you know, like I knew how to record. I knew it wasn't effective to be like recording my videos on my phone and uploading a bunch of different things. Like I got the start and stop in the thing, blah, blah, blah. But my videos were still, still weren't doing well. And I was getting really down about it. I was like, why aren't my videos performing? And I ended up talking to my husband. He's such a straight shooter. Like I'm like (laughs) sunshine and we joke, like he's like a stormy day, but he tells the truth. Um, He's awesome. We need those people. A lot of people don't like those people, but a lot, but those people are essential. And so I just said, um, I said, yeah, I, I just don't know what's like, what's going on. And he just said, well, I'll tell you what's wrong with your content. And I said, what's wrong with you? He goes, well, it just sucks. (laughs) 
He was like, your content sucks. I was like, why? He goes, because you're, you're, you're showing up so overly professional and you're not showing up as yourself. You've got such a great personality and it's not coming through on camera. And I was like, I feel like it is. And he's like, it's not. He's like, this is what you need to do, Melissa. He's like, you need to start talking to the camera like you're talking to your best friend. And I was like, okay. And so I literally had to practice this. If you want to know my process, this is literally what I did. I'd record a video and be like, okay, do it again. Record it. And then I'd be like, okay, now be even more relaxed. And I had to even like position myself where I started like stop showing up so overly professional. And I had to think about the person on the other side of the screen and almost like look through the screen and talk, like literally talk to them right? Not just like create a video. It was like, I had to talk to them. Like I was talking to my best friend. And, um, when I started doing that and started, whether it was more of like an inspirational, like, um, a video that I wanted to like elicit emotion, or it was like, Hey, you know, I want to give you this tip. This is really going to help you. I really was like, I want to, I'm looking through the screen. Do you know what I mean by that? I do. Yeah. You I'm have like, to pretend that the camera is a person yes. and it is so unnatural. Yes. And um, this is why I believe introverts make the best content creators because <sighs> they're like, I don't have to talk to people. I have to talk to a camera like it's a real person. Heck yes. Like that's a learned skill for sure. But I, even I, like, I love exactly what you did. Your husband, like, like how you, like, I recorded it and then I recorded it again. I had a friend of mine and I was struggling with my channel and I was like, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. And he's like, Des, he spent some time. He came back. He's like, look, Des, you're scripting. I'm like, I am. He's like, stop scripting. Like you're not talking to anybody. So he's like, here, do this. So I pulled up my script and I read him like two paragraphs. He's like, okay, now without reading it, explain it to somebody. I'm like, and then I explained it. He's like, now talk to me or a friend about this exact thing. And every conversation, it got better and more authentic and real. And he's like, that's that I would watch that one, the final third one, right? So what you're saying is so right. And we do. Why do you think we do that? Why do you think we fall into this trap of like, I'm Desiree. I'm here to talk to you about this. Like, what is it that we, why does that happen to us? We don't want to be vulnerable. Let me just be honest. I hate being vulnerable. And I, I used to think that I was cause I would show up and share, but like we can, we can, um, we can be, we can pretend like we're being vulnerable, but not really being vulnerable. Right. You can share what seems vulnerable, but it's not. And I think we struggle to show up authentically ourselves because when you're vulnerable, you give somebody permission to change how they see you. And that can be really scary. And I think we want to protect ourselves. We want to, you know, that self-preservation thing. But if you can just like really, yeah, like it's a, it's a practice skill. I think people need to know that you have to practice it. You have to, you have to put in the effort. You have to try. It's not just like, oh, I'm not good at this. I'm going to give up. Like be committed, be in it for the long game. Like learn the skill of showing up and being more yourself. Like it, you have to practice it. Um, but yeah, I think we're just afraid to show up. And even for me, myself, like the other day I tried to record a video and like my, my countertop was dirty when I went back and looked at it and I was like, oh, and like, let's be real. Okay. I still haven't posted. Sorry. I still haven't posted the video. <laughs> And I was looking at it and it was so like, this sounds so dumb, but I was like, 
in my head, I'm like, people are going to judge me. They're going to think I'm a bad mom because I, my countertop is dirty. <laughs> it's like, post the freaking video. <laughs> I've been telling everybody. So I've been trying to embrace. So my husband's in charge of our house. So like, if you've listened to the podcast, you know a lot of this. But if you haven't, like my husband is PTSD and he's a stay-at-home dad. And like that's his job. Some days are bad. Some days are good. Some days the house is immaculate. Some days it kind of looks like a tornado came through it. And so I, I'm not trying to take away his power or make him feel like he's a bad person by, well, you didn't do it. So I've got to go take care of it. Like that's not yeah. how – that's not helpful for his recovery. Yeah. And so when people come over to things that was like, we live here. And like, that's kind of like been like my word lately. It's like, I live here and I shouldn't feel bad about living in my house. I don't have a house that I keep perfectly clean all the time for the less than 1% of the time that other people are in it. Right. Yeah. So even, you know, and even like when my families come over for the holidays, yes, I work a little bit more to keep it cleaner, but it's still like if my kids toys are out or there's still like boxes of Christmas boxes and wrapping paper i'm not gonna feel bad about it yeah I'm like that if they have a problem with it that is on them not me like it, and it's hard it's hard to rewire that programming of thinking we're supposed to be away when all we are actually supposed to be is ourselves i agree i agree and i feel like that's really a, an internal job that i've had to walk through and work through and letting go of what people think and other people's opinions um, I think there's so much mental gymnastics that content creators go through that's not talked about um, outside of the fact of like negative comments or positive comments. That's even something like if you tailor your message to either or you're never going to really find your voice. And that's like really important. So I think like showing up authentically and number two, not letting the praise or the vir the viral videos or the negative comments dictate your message, that would be number two. And then number three, I would say people, especially if you're used to long form content, people need to start talking in statements. You okay. can't just talk, so what you need that, to learn how to communicate. That is. What does it mean to talk in statements? Yes, okay, so a lot of people, um, you, know, you know, a lot of people know like show up and give a hook, right? Sometimes you can be a little too hooky um, like it's too the gimmicky. First five seconds matter the most. That whole thing, right? Yes. Yes. The first five seconds do matter the most. Um, and there's so much <laughs> to a hook outside of what you say. It could be how you show up in the frame, how you use your hands, you know, like if you're walking, if you're sitting, though, a lot of those things are also hooks, but, um, Oh, what was I going to say? Oh, talk in statements. So number one, when you talk in statements, like I am right now, you come across as an authority. Okay. You are rather than sometimes people, you know, uh, if you're used to long form content, you're used to more conversation. So it's like, Hey guys, what's up? Here I am, blah, blah, blah. And you're trying to build rapport. But if you can show up on short form video and talk in statements, like in the next, you know, I'm going to give you my best tip on how to grow on TikTok. You need to use a hook as opposed to, I'm going to give you or in this video today, we're going to talk about the best ways that you can grow on TikTok. One of the most important things is that you have a hook. It's just like, like talk in statements, use authority rather than like showing up, trying to build rapport through the video. Does that make sense? 
Yes, no, that totally makes sense. Look, I'm really sorry to interrupt, but did you know that YouTube is the world's second biggest search engine? Maybe you did, maybe you didn't, but that's why every creator truly needs to be using vidIQ to grow their YouTube channel. vidIQ's tech helps you tailor your video ideas to match what people are searching for right now on YouTube. And once you're ready to upload, well, it starts optimizing and getting you all the details that you need to make sure your videos are getting noticed. If you really wanna dive in more and get started for free, please head over to thewomenofyoutube.com forward slash vidIQ to get started on this YouTube channel changing tool that is going to make things so much easier for you. All right, let's get back to it. What are we, what can we do from like a, uh, like a logistics standpoint to do better on the platform? So, and, and what I mean by logistics, it's like, okay, good, great, got great hook, got great content. I've edited it really well. What can I do to amplify its success through TikTok? Like SEO sounds, mm -hmm. Like features, like there's so many hacks. What do you think are the true hacks to do that you can yeah. do consistently to help you maximize reach for yeah. for your TikToks? Yes. Okay. So a couple of things. Definitely SEO. So like, you know, people always talk about the hook, but really, also in the hook, you have to have those keywords for your target audience within the first three to five seconds. So like. I've had people be like, review my content. And I'm like, if I were to open up this video and I'm and pretend, because every video goes out on its own to a new audience every time. Like you gotta think that in your head. So pretend this video pops up on my for you page and it's taken you 10 seconds to get to, you know, um I help, yeah, like I help women with curly hair decrease frizz, right? If you if you help women with curly hair decrease frizz those words frizz curly hair and women need to be in the very like couple seconds of your video so that okay. the moment that you open up the app someone with curly frizzy curly hair is gonna be like oh my gosh that's me but a lot of people don't put those key words and it is seo because it also tiktok picks up on your words the and the captions and then the description but like i think a lot of us were so used to our content that and we've made so many videos that we forget this video is going to be shown to a new person. If they, if somebody that has no idea who I am, where I come from, what I'm offering in the first three to five seconds of their video, are they going to know that this video is for them? If it's a no, you need to go back and rework the beginning of your video. So that is, I think what's really important is it's not even like how hooky can you make it? It's like, is someone going to know if this video is for them or not? <laughs> you know what I mean? So yes. that's, that's super important. Um, is knowing who you're reaching and knowing, knowing if that if that person needs to know if that video is for them in the first couple seconds. Another thing, and this is just coming to my mind right now, outside of the fact, but I think storytelling is going to be one of the biggest things, especially on TikTok this next year. Okay. Um, I think. Why? That, what? It, so, what does that mean? So, like, yeah. what are we doing now? Uh -huh. And what does this new thing look like uh -huh. that's going to work best? I felt like, you know, in the past, a lot of it has been like, like we, I'm assuming that I'm talking to people that understand content creation a little bit more than the beginner. Am I right to assume yeah. that? Yeah, it's like, we're, we're at the intermediate level, I think, right yeah. now. So like people know that TikTok is a platform where you either entertain or educate. Okay, so you got to give value in every single video. We know that. And I have seen from like, 
how the platform has been evolving. Like it was a huge like trend and it still is like trends that get pushed out. We know that. But I think like people are kind of getting over like five tips on how to do X, right? Three tips on how to do this. I think they're really wanting to know more about your story and, and like what your life looks like. Um, and so it's not just giving the tips and giving the education and giving the how to, I think it's going to be transitioning. That platform is going to be almost transitioning like a short form, long form platform, if that makes sense, where yeah. you're showing your life. You're maybe showing, um, a day in the life or your storytelling sharing stories, um, through your content that, that showcase your value and showcase your point. I always say, actually, this is one of my a really great viral video when I was talking about motherhood. I said, um, kids learn lessons and people learn lessons through storytelling, not lecturing. And so yeah. I talked about how like I shared, I talked to my daughter about bullying because I got a phone call one day. Um, and so I told her a story rather than told her like, we're not supposed to bully. I told her a right. story instead. And I think like with giving value, there's if you can learn the art of storytelling, in your videos rather than just like giving tips. I think that you not only build a deeper relationship with your audience, but you also um, are still giving great value. I think that it totally makes sense. And I love what you said about explaining like lecturing versus a storytelling. I think the best way for anyone to learn storytelling, if you're like, I'm trying to figure out how to do this, you need to watch Bluey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> now, if you don't know, Bluey is a show that's made in Australia that has been like a worldwide phenomenon on like a baby shark level and um, that you can watch it streaming on Disney Plus. And there are seven minute episodes about this family of dogs. And it's all about this like seven and five year old dog and like their sisters. And it's like dealing with them. And so it's like it's like. I, I swear, between Daniel Tiger and Bluey, I'm actually a good parent because they've mm -hmm. been able to like teach me how to talk to my kids and what I should do and how I should say things and and break bad cycles from past, you know, growing up experiences. But like they're able to take a story and turn it into a lesson so you can kind of get something out of it. And sometimes it's, and they don't beat you over the head with it. You know, it's no. just kind of like sometimes about being present. Sometimes it's about showing up. Sometimes it's very obvious, like don't cheat to get what you want. And it's a really great way, especially because we're dealing with short form content and these short, I know seven minutes is a long form video, mm -hmm. from, like, and we're talking about like the length of a Bluey episode, but it's such a great way to learn how to tell a story without beating like the bullying thing. Like let's show what bullying looks like and how it makes someone feel and then how to deal with it and not do that. And then yeah. also how to support someone who's being bullied, right? And so it's really that I like of being able to, to tell a story through that. So my question to you is if you could create like a formula for a TikTok video about mm -hmm. telling a story, what would that formula be? Got you, girl. We're digging in today. Yeah, um, we are. This is like a, this is a full master class. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you would want to give a hook. Right. That would be like, like, for instance, my hook, like going back to the piece of content that went viral on TikTok. This is literally what the video was. It was um, I got a, this is the hook. I got a phone call today from my teacher, from my daughter's teacher, that she was being a bully at school. Yeah. So right away, any parent is like, oh, how did she handle that? What's she going to say? It's an open loop. That's the hook. Right. 
people want to know. They're interested in how I handled that. So you come up with a hook um, and then you know the lesson in the back of your head. So just to share with you, the um, the lesson that I gave in this story um, on video was about how we need to see our kids not as who they are today, but as who they're going to be. So that's the value that I'm going to give. But this is how I delivered it. So that, so that was how I opened up the video. I said, um, I got a phone call today from my daughter's teacher that she was being a bully at school. And I just shared the story then saying like, this is what happened. This is what the teacher said. And me panicking a little bit as a parent. And then my daughter coming home. And this is what I said to her. I said, you know, honey, can I, can I tell you a story? And um, I sat her on the bed and I told her a story about how, um, I'm trying to remember the story that I told her. I think I told her a story about how when I was in school, I saw people that bullied people. And then I saw people that helped people. And you are somebody, Ella, this is my daughter, you are somebody that carries influence. You know, that's really, that's a powerful thing. And I'm telling, I'm saying this in the video. That's a powerful thing. And you can either use that influence to break people down or to build people up. And so what are you going to do with that? And then I just said, like, you have the ability, honey, to be a leader or to be a bully. What are you going to choose? And I didn't lecture her. I just gave her a choice. But I, high, but I, I brought value to her and showed her the, the higher way. Anyway, the video went viral. And I, but I shared the value. It's through a story and through a lesson. And I think people learn so much better through storytelling. So, like, let me put this now into, like, if you're a content creator, you know, if you have a lesson or value that you're trying to give, if you can give it through a story, not only is it a hook because it's an open loop and how you're delivering it, people want to know, people tune in to stories, people tune out with lecturing. Like if my daughter would have come home and I was like, honey, I got a phone call today that you were being a bully at school and that's not okay and we don't do that. She'd probably have been like, whatever, mom. But because I, I told her a story about like when I was in school and I gave her a choice, I highlighted it. We had a conversation, right? Um, we had a different outcome. I never got a phone call again and she's done a lot better in school. And I called her higher, right? Um, but for, for content creators, like if you can share a story about like a client testimonial, how you've helped them, or like find the value or whatever it is that you're trying to teach and give it in a story, I feel like it's going to increase your watch time, which is the best metric to have a video go viral on TikTok because people tune into a story. And also people are really getting to know you and how you handle things. Like people got to know me more as a mom rather than me just being like, don't lecture your kids, you know, use a story. Um, they got to know me a little bit more. So that's, that's kind of how I could see people really leveraging short form video and building a deeper relationship with their audience. I think that's so helpful. And I love what you did, but I do want to ask you a question from what you've said. And this, I think goes a little bit more of like kind of, turning us back to your story. So uh -huh. you've gone viral for mother moments, but you talk about TikTok expertise and ways to use TikTok to grow your brand. How have you been able to build a multi-interest brand on TikTok through one account? Oh my goodness, girl, we need to talk about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think it's viable because like, okay, so I, I want to give a lead into this. So Okay. My girl, Jessica Stansberry, she's been a guest. She's speaking at the conference too. 
And I even have done, I did like a help me get my life together sort of session with her because I was struggling with my YouTube channel. And like her whole thing lately has been like ditch the niche and like be a person and it's okay to be this multifaceted like individual because people want to follow you. People don't want to follow, like people don't come back once their problems are solved. And I was like, all right, I get that. It's been amazingly hard because I'm still me. I'm trying to find these new ways to create content and put all this stuff up. But like, I feel like when we're talking about growing and SEO and building an audience, like I'm, I don't get it. So that's why I'm asking this question. Like this is a different platform. I think almost the same exact like message. So my question to you then comes up again, which is how do you build a multi interested, multi-passionate brand as one account? Yeah, I think that's a huge challenge. That's actually something, I'm sorry about the sound, by the way. That's totally something that um, I've had a journey through and walk through because at the end of the day, we are people. We're not content. I'm not a robot. And there was, there came a time for me that I started finding like three tips on how to calm your toddler down just got really redundant and really boring for me. And it was, I was not creating content that set my soul on fire. And I think that's where a lot of content creators burn out to be totally honest with you um, is they are not creating content that they're excited about because they feel locked in to a niche. So I'm very passionate about pivoting and you just like, and I'm going to tell you, I'm journeying this myself, but this is what I've done. Um, I started talking about that. I started saying like, you know, I feel stuck in what I'm sharing. Like I just started saying that I feel stuck in what I'm sharing. I feel stuck in the content that like, I know that this is how you know me, but I don't want to talk about that anymore. So I'm a person, I'm not content. This is more of where I'm going. This is more, you're laughing. That's going to be my, I'm making a shirt. I'm a person, not content. (laughs) We're not a project. And that's so important. I love this so much. You have no idea. I'm so glad. And like, so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, um, like we're just getting into it, but like, even on my channel, like, even though I was doing talking about mom content, I'm like, okay, how can I monetize this? Because I'm showing up every day, giving value. And I was like, yeah, you can get brand deals and stuff like that. But on TikTok, they don't pay you a lot. Um, and so I didn't have a product necessarily that I was selling. I wasn't selling my courses on there, but, um, anyway, where am I going with this? We're talking about how you're a person, not content. Yes. How it's okay. Like one, I think that we're both giving permission for everyone that's listening. It's okay to be more than one thing, but two, how do we then do that? I think you, we just, you have to be okay. This is something I've had to learn. You have to be okay with growing a new audience again. Okay. So like for myself, like I grew that first year when I was just like solely niche down into this certain demographic of showing up and giving tips on how to be a happy, peaceful mom. Right. I grew to 200 and well, when I left, when I left my childcare job, went out on my own, I was at like 190,000 followers this year. I've grown my account only by 50,000 because I have pivoted my content. Have I grown as much that first year as my second year? No, but I'm okay with that. Cause you want to know why I'm so much happier. 
Okay. And success is something that is holistic. We need to understand that. And also it's long-term. So I had to think, do I, in five years, do I still want to be talking about how to help your toddler calm down in one minute? No. So I'm in this for the long term, and I want to think about where do I want to be in three years? So if I want to be there in three years, I need to start transitioning and pivoting myself in a different light so that I can be there. It might be a slower growth this year because I'm growing a newer audience, but I'm okay with that. So you need to think about your long-term goals as a content creator and be okay with maybe growing a new audience, pivoting, and thinking about your long-term goals, and also standing for the fact I'm not, I'm not a piece of content. <laughs> I'm a person with different goals that evolve and that change. And before I was working in childcare, now I'm a businesswoman. I'm an entrepreneur. I want to be talking to women that want to be making money, making income as a mom and being able to bring moms home that maybe are working a job that they hate and I want to help them. So now my content's going to shift and change. So that's going to reach new people. And that's a good thing. So I think that there needs to be some, like, I'm so glad we're doing, we're having this conversation today because I hope it speaks to some people. Um, and I hope that some women that are like, man, I'm stuck in a niche. It's like, okay, you're stuck. No, you're not. You're not stuck. You think you're stuck because you're afraid to branch out and grow because you're afraid you're going to lose people. You might, but guess what? You're going to gain new people and you're going to evolve and you're going to start creating content that actually sets your soul on fire rather than being stuck in a niche that is burning you out, that isn't serving you, and you're not even really that happy with. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I'm usually the person that's like, I hate that statement. If you do something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Because I do something I love and I have to work every day. <laughs> but yeah. It's just like, but you have to enjoy it for sure. And I love the saying, like when we as human beings, if we stay the same, yeah, we are going to go crazy. Like yeah. we're not supposed to be the same person, which is why the whole model of like, go to school, go to college, get good grades, get a job for 45 years and die doesn't work anymore. Like, cause you're not supposed to stay the same and, and have that stagnation for so long because it doesn't make sense. So I'd love to get some personal stories from you. I always like to know what was like one of the worst things that's happened to you as a content creator? And I promise we'll follow it up with one of the best things that's happened to you besides getting to go on Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> yeah. Um, one of the worst things, but ended up being one of the best things because this was really great. Um, I'm not a big believer in responding to negative comments because my goal isn't to be negative. It's to inspire people and be a force for good on social media. But there was this one time I did this video and this lady commented on my video and she said, a real mom would do this. And, oh, no, no, no. Sorry, that was a different video. I'm going to talk about a different time that really, really affected me. No problem. Do it. <laughs> a lady took one of my videos, stitched it, which she like took part of it and then recreated her video and totally bashed my husband, me, my children, grew her account to 10,000 followers and created this whole gang of people that just totally ripped me and my family apart. Oh my um, it really affected me in the beginning of my journey. And um, what it ended up doing though, was it gave me this choice. Cause I really like, I was like, wow, this is, this sucks. Um, and I feel really affected by this, but it really like basically gave me this opportunity where I was like, am I going to allow, cause I was really trying to find my, 
the confidence in my voice, I was like, am I going to allow what other people think to determine my value or my voice and, and what I think about myself as a mom? Because anybody knows, like every mom out there is like, we just want to be a good mom. And to have somebody take your content, totally, you know, rip you and your family apart, grow their account literally off of you. Anyway, and it was really this moment where it was really hard, but also this moment where I was like, you know what? I'm going to take confidence in who I am. There's going to be negative people and I'm not going to stop. And I'm not going to allow the negative comments to determine my value or my voice. So, but it was, it really sucked for a couple of days. I think I cried. <laughs> I would, I would cry too. I get mad when like, like I, I had like a really bad experience with like a car rental through Turo and like the people that were in it from like left me a one-star review. And I was like, and I gave them a one-star review. Like it was a bad experience on both sides. It's like my ratings, so they were mean. And why don't yeah. they understand that they were terrible? And I was like, why is this bothering me? So I, I get it. It's hard to let go of the meanies. So, so then what has been like, you're like, this is why I do it. This is like, like this goes in the book is like a highlighted chapter of itself, mm -hmm. like best moment in content creation for you. gotta think about it okay well i'm just thinking really of one there. i know because honestly there are so many like i'm thinking about actually last year on my birthday okay i have like a lot of stories outside of the fact that it's literally changed my life like i've gotten on not only the kelly clarkson show but the daily sun um mountain dew <laughs> sent me some products of a viral video and i have a relationship with them um outside of like those like things how it's just like leveled me up in my life um has probably been like the connection and the way that it has connected with people and helped people my sister-in-law for my birthday last year literally got me a frame it's gonna make me fill up actually and it was just like all these comments of people um that were just like your video helped me like not blow my blow up on my kids today um, your video, like, and they inspire me, they give me peace. Um, it's just like that kind of stuff. And like, I did this video, it's, it was like one of my very first videos about like what I say to my kids. And it's, um, some people might recognize it cause it's gone so viral. I don't even know who owns the audio now, which is what it is, but it's, um, you know, mommy loves you, right? Mommy loves you when you make the right decision. And mommy loves you when you make the wrong decision. Mommy loves you on your good days. Mommy loves you on your bad days too. And it's this whole like monologue and moms have taken that video and shared it with their children. And I have like literally hundreds, if not thousands of children crying by having this connection with their parent because the mom never thought to say that to their children. And the children didn't know that the mom felt that way about them. And kids are like, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old sobbing, finding out that their mom loves them unconditionally. And then women also like getting ministered to on the inside because they needed to hear those words from their mom and they never did. Well, being able to say those words to your kids too is hard. I know that for me, I know I'm on my mother journey. And one of the things I'm struggling with with my son is, <clears throat> and my husband sees and stuff is, 
my son is meaner to me than to my husband. And we're trying to figure out why. And it's like, like literally we'll be at the dinner table and I will say something and he'll like mouth off or have a problem. My son, my husband will say the same thing and he just does it. And I'm like, nothing makes any person more aggravated than like that sort of dynamic. And it's really frustrating, but I almost feel like I need to take that statement you just said and turn it into a card to give to my son. So he knows like, so he has that tangible like reminder that, I'm here for him. I love him no matter what, even when he's good, when he's bad, um, because yeah. it's so true. And I love that you've been able to give that gift to moms and women because we, we need it. We're so hard on ourselves. Oh my gosh. It's so true. It's so true. And I made that TikTok actually got turned into a kid's book because I wanted to create, um, the opportunity for moms to be able to like anytime I do it to my kids. Still. I say, I actually, the other day, my son broke something and he was sad and he was like, mommy, do you still love me? And I was like, baby, you know, mommy loves you, right? Mommy loves you when you make the right decision. And when you make the wrong decision and I love you on your good days and your bad days, I don't like what just happened. <laughs> I'm upset about it. I'm super disappointed that that thing broke. But that doesn't change the way I feel about you. Exactly. You know what I mean? I love so, that. Okay. Yeah. So you triggered the question we haven't addressed yet. Okay. How have you been able to build a business from this? So yes. did you write a book or did someone else write a book? Or what? Are, what? Are, how are you making money as this TikTok mom expert creator individual on the internet? On the phone yeah. specifically. <laughs> yes. Um, the way that I've monetized it is I've turned it into a coaching business. So like I work with brands, entrepreneurs, and people that want to leverage short form video to market what they do. So that was like, that's like my first business. But what's crazy is a lot of moms, and I'm going to stand behind this, this, and people are, might not agree, but a lot of moms right now, a lot of people are making a bunch of content on social media and having no money from it. Because TikTok doesn't pay you hardly anything nope. and they don't know how to monetize. And I don't know why, I really don't understand this, why brands don't want to build a long-term relationship with content creators. It just doesn't make sense to me. Maybe you can tell me why, but it would be so much better and bring so much more authenticity to a content creator that just chooses to work with a couple brands and they, they're put on a retainer, yes. right? Rather than like brands constantly having to negotiate new pricing and and like now this content creator is promoting this and now they're promoting that. So what I've done is I've gotten connected with a company called Amare. It means love. And it's a mental wellness company that is a network marketing company that um, they sell products that I believe in. It's all about healing your gut to increase your mental wellness. And I am sharing about that online. And it and I, I used to have a lot of weird thoughts about network marketing. I think that there are some people out there that are in it for the wrong reasons. I think that there's some people out there that aren't doing it properly, but they're products that I, yes, they are products that are amazing, that are, are awesome, that I've seen testimonials from people that have um, struggled with major health issues that are seeing a change. And so I'm sharing those online. Um, and it's an affiliate program. And also if women want to have a business, literally moms want to have a business, they can share it online too. So it's, there's, a product called happy juice. I actually have it. It's happy juice and it's amazing. It's so great. 
it changed, it's been like life changing and help can help women after they've had a baby balance out their hormones and heal their gut. So I'm so that's how I'm monetizing my channel now is I've gotten connected with a company where I can be consistent sharing the same product because brands didn't want to. Well, maybe some did. I didn't really pursue that probably as best as I could. It's just anytime a brand would reach out to me, I'd be like, do you want to like build a long-term relationship? And it just doesn't seem to be. Do you have any thoughts on that? I have a lot of thoughts on this, like a lot. All right, let's, if we're going to dive into the sharing portion, I agree 100% with you about, I believe that being a content creator means you need to create multiple streams of income and it needs to come from different things that you can consistently kind of rely on. I think that the benefits that like a brand like yours could lie into is the one I love that you found a product that you could sell that you can like draw a revenue from consistently and it can scale for you. And I think that how you are going about selling something in network marketing is hugely important because as you know, like as a marketer, essentially you're an affiliate marketer for a a brand and it's just, and it's like, and you're not, I'm Melissa from Amari. It's like, no, I'm Melissa. This person does this. And I also oh, this is how I'm helping myself as a mom. And if you want to, this is how you do it too. It's literally the same way how I'm like, hey, I use StreamYard as my full production studio because it does this and this and this and this. If you want to do this, here's my thing where you can sign up for StreamYard. And then I get 20% every single month because that's my agreement with StreamYard, right? Right. And nothing says too that as you go along, your relationship with Amari doesn't evolve into something else where maybe you are speaking at their conference or you're creating content for them because that's what I'm doing with StreamYard. I did so much stuff with StreamYard so at the beginning that I am one of their brand ambassadors and their content creators. And so like that's how those relationships work. Like you can evolve them by starting off as a fan of a product, finding a way to make money from it and build and, and sending it forward. I think that there's also something for creating your own product, like a digital product. So you could 100% benefit from like creating content calendars. Like if you know your audience is moms who are like, I want a side hustle or I I want an extra stream of revenue, you could create like sellable kits to that they could buy. And then it could be a revenue stream for you in that kind of a way. And I think that like for me, I'm developing a digital product because I needed something between with my YouTube channel, that's like, here's free content, how you can do your own social media and my agency, like sign up for this. Yes. So I'm creating a product that I'm launching in the next couple of weeks. That's like social media made simple through like templates and resources. So like my first one is going to be 50 Instagram real templates that you can just plug and oh, play your great. content into and like post in less than like two minutes. And I'm going to literally create my promotion video by taking my kid to soccer practice. Like that's how that video is going to look. It's like you can create content so easy. You can do it while you sit and watch your kid play soccer 8,000 times a week because that's how it feels some days in your, in your car, your van or in the stands just waiting for them to like do their thing. Right. Or ballet practice or whatever it is. Right. So like, that's how I'm developing that. And then I think other options, I think this is one you 100% need to do. And everyone that's listening who has like these thought bombs that are like, I'm a person, not content. You need to have merch. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Like I think you could do so much with merch because like, so this is where like a a brand like Spreadshop who has partnered with Women of Video for a long-term relationship and like I'm on their board of directors, uh, their creator board of directors, 
they have found a way to make content or sorry, uh, they work with creators so they can make a product that their audiences want to sell. And it's like ship on demand. There's no, like I have to buy a hundred mm. quantities of something and sell. It's literally print on demand. And what's cool in a position like yours is they have like, you can make mommy and me stuff. They have a youth and baby like onesies. So you could do the matching like mommy and me line for specific phrases and designs. And you could use a free tool like Adobe express to like, take one of their existing like designs because they're always updating their designs and turn it into your phrase, slap it on a shirt and print a copy for yourself, print a copy for your kids and take pictures or do TikToks about it. And then people can kind of buy it organically. You can make like a winter and a summer line for it. Like, and then of course there's coffee cups and baseball hats and, and face masks and yeah. all these other dog bandanas that you can like do based on what that is. So I think when it comes to revenue and business, you're already doing one thing smart or a couple things smart where like, you know, that the greater fun isn't there, but isn't great, but it's there. And it's something you can do. You have a product that you are supporting and selling that isn't like your end all be all, but as part of like the content. And you're also doing like coaching and consulting. And I do have a course and a course and a course for another digital yeah, product. Course. Really great. So yeah. there's lots of things that you can tie into it. And it's just a matter of like naturally talking about it or putting it in your link and your, in your bio and like people wanting more from you. And since you're a multi passionate creator talking about it, just makes sense. As long as what you're selling makes sense for your audience. Yeah. Tell me what you think about. I feel like my audience on TikTok is definitely more mom based. So I'm feeling like, sharing my product there is great and then my podcast where I'm talking it's called she can share really sharing about like my content creation courses um tiktok courses like what are your thoughts on selling on different platforms based on the audience that you know is there that's exactly how you have to do it I have two brands I have all-in-one social media and I have women of video Women of Video, the business model for Women of Video is sponsorship, affiliates, and we're launching the paid membership, right? And like that, it's going to be a home and a hub for women creators who just want to connect. They want to learn. They want help. That's why we're offering office hours, training videos, niche communities. So if like you're a TikTok creator, you can go to the TikTok community and talk to other TikTok creators about questions and things you have, review my content. What do you think of this? or Facebook, or I'm just a mom and I need help. Like how the hell am I supposed to create things when my kids won't leave my ankles alone, right? It's yeah. sort of like having that community. And so that's what that is. All in one social media is AdSense because it's, it's, it's a good CPM because I talk to business owners. It's AdSense, it's affiliates, it's sponsorships, and it's the agency and soon the digital product, right? And there's other things I have that are like related but unrelated. Like um, I have... Since so much of my YouTube channel is education focused, I have a partnership with a brand that like takes my videos and sells them to companies and schools all over the world so that they can learn how to do something. And I get like 50% of all that profits. Like last year, I think I brought in like six grand from them. Like that's nothing to stop chat at all. And it's like, I already made it. It's like, that's my, it's like, I have a catalog. Let's do something with the catalog. And one of the things I'm expanding into in this year is I'm working with the company to turn my content into Spanish speaking. So I'm creating a Spanish channel and I'm also looking into expanding and repurposing my content to Nebula, which is another like learning based long form video platform. And so it's just like, what can I do with my existing content to do more right. than that's all in one social media thing. And so 
it's just finding the revenue. And no one is supposed to know everything out the gate. I've been a content yeah. creator for over five years. So I have a little, and I'm a YouTuber. So I have a different perspective than you, who's a TikTok creator who started with COVID. And like you, you, you are in this like different boat. Like it's just figuring out what that looks like. Yeah, and for I think sure. There's nothing wrong. The journeys don't not have our, the journeys are not supposed to look the same, but we can learn from each other and help each other along the way. Which is what the point of this podcast is. <laughs> yeah. So. Yes. So good. I love it. So we've talked about so many awesome things. Usually we end with rapid fire, but I think that we kind of know like what your goals have been and like what you've done, like what you recorded, which is your phone and stuff like that. But I am going to ask you this question is who is your favorite female creator that inspires you on a regular basis that we can go check out too? Oh gosh. Who's my favorite female creator? Um, I really love... I love um, Cecilia. I think that's how you say her name. I'm so bad. I should know her handle off the top of my head, but her videos always pop on my For You page. But she's just, um, I just like, she's like, she just shares. Like, literally, she'll do like, you see everything. She'll share her dirty car. She'll share her dirty house. Um, she's always fun and positive and upbeat. And she just gives off such a happy vibe in her videos. Um, I'm trying to think of what her handle is though. We'll get that from you and we'll put it in our show notes so that everyone okay. listening can go check her out. And I think that's awesome. Melissa, where can people follow you on the TikTok so that they can just bask in your awesomeness? <laughs> yeah. So my handle is Melissa Lee Hughes and Lee is L E A. That's my handle on TikTok and Instagram and Facebook. And then I also just came out with a podcast. She can share. Um, I launched it last week. I'm loving it. So excited. Podcasting um, is so fun. Yes. I'm I think it's really refreshing too, as someone coming from short form content that I'm like, all right, let's dig in. <laughs> um, so yes, I have a podcast there. She can share all about helping women show up and share online their product service story and their faith. And also, also, you can tap into Melissa's Genius at the Women of Video virtual conference happening March 11th and 12th, where she's going to help you with your TikTok growth strategy and journey. Melissa, I am so grateful for this time we got to spend together. You and everyone listening are impossibly amazing. Thank you so much for everything. Until next week, everyone. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Women of YouTube podcast. We would love to know what you thought about this latest episode. So make sure to tag us with hashtag Women of YouTube with your thoughts.